Hello and welcome to Formosa News. I'm Ken Lee. Good evening. I'm Celia Chan. Good news on the COVID-19 front. Taiwan has secured nearly 20 million doses of COVID vaccines, 5 million more than previously reported. The health minister made the announcement on Wednesday, saying the vaccines will start to roll out next March. We turn to him right now. The Central Epidemic Command Center is assured of having nearly 20 million doses. These include 4.76 million doses from COVAX and 10 million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine. We're completing the final confirmation with another company. That's another 5 million doses. The first deliveries will arrive March 2021. Drug maker AstraZeneca's vaccine was developed with Oxford University. Its use is a cold-causing adenovirus isolated from the stool of chimpanzees. Clinical trials show that it is 60 to 90 percent effective at preventing COVID-19. As for Taiwan's own vaccine development, Medigen is the furthest along with conditional approval to start phase two trials. Two other firms, Adimmune and United Biomedical, are also developing COVID vaccines. The CECC says it hopes domestically developed vaccines will be ready for use sometime next year. Taiwan has reported its first case of a new highly contagious COVID variant that was first identified in the UK. The case involves a Taiwanese teenager who returned from London last Sunday. In the wake of his diagnosis, officials have announced a sweeping new travel ban. Starting New Year's Day, the borders will be closed to everyone except Taiwan nationals and their immediate family, ARC holders and those on diplomatic or official business. Last Sunday, a Taiwanese teenager developed a fever after returning to Taiwan from London. He was diagnosed with COVID the following day. On Wednesday, the Central Epidemic Command Center confirmed the teenager had been infected by a new coronavirus strain from the UK. The patient who had a fever after returning from the UK was diagnosed in the hospital. After comparing the coronavirus's genetic sequence, the Taiwan CDC can officially announce that it is the UK strain. So that makes this the first case to reach Taiwan. The appropriate public health measures were in place on the plane all the way to the hospital and during testing. As the new strain has reached many countries besides Taiwan, the CCC is tightening border controls. Starting January 1st, non-Taiwan nationals will not be able to enter Taiwan. Exceptions to this include ARC holders, people entering for special reasons such as business contracts or diplomatic affairs, and the spouses and underage children of Taiwan nationals. Quarantine rules for returnees have also been tightened. From January 15th, Taiwanese nationals will be subject to more regulations than at present. We've tightened regulations on home quarantine. We hope that most people will go to quarantine hotels and government quarantine centers. But those who choose home quarantine will be required to have the space to themselves. If the returnees had lived together before anyway, they can stay together. But they may not live with anyone who is already in Taiwan. The pandemic is stoking uncertainties, but it's not all bad news. All contacts of a recent airline cluster infection have tested negative for COVID, temporarily easing concerns over community spread. The presidential office says its New Year's Day flag-raising ceremony will be closed to the public this year. 
The announcement was made following confirmation of Taiwan's first case of the new highly contagious COVID strain. The flag raising will still be held and it will be live streamed. New Year's Day is forecast to be Taiwan's coldest in 15 years. But the weather won't be the only challenge for people performing at the flag raising ceremony. Mask wearing will be mandatory for all participants, even the marching soldiers and the color guard. Choir singers will have to keep their masks on when they lead the national anthem. Taiwan shares soared to set a fresh record on Wednesday, the second-to-last trading day of the year. Led by integrated circuit plastics and finance stocks, the Taix jumped by 215 points, or 1.49 percent, to a record high of 14,687 points. Let's hear what a financial analyst has to say for the coming year. From the start of the first quarter, there will be a period of time when investors will have nothing to go on but their imaginations. I think that electronic stocks will be a solid building block for portfolios. Stocks and foundries, IC design and stocks that benefit from inflation will be the main themes next year. Over on the forex, the new Taiwan dollar rose to approach the 28NT mark against the greenback around noon. But under central bank intervention, Taiwan's currency retreated to end the session only slightly up at 28.51NT, with turnover high at 2.18 billion U.S. dollars. The Health Promotion Administration has released detailed statistics about cancer in Taiwan. They show that in 2018, cancer cases rose against compared to the previous year, but the number of cancer mortalities decreased. The most prevalent types were bowel, lung and breast cancer, with prostate cancer cases growing most rapidly. The title says, one person gets cancer every four minutes and 31 seconds. These are the HPA's latest figures on cancer in 2018. Of the top 10 causes of mortality, bowel cancer has been number one for 13 years in a row. The figures reveal that the most common form of cancer is bowel cancer, followed by lung cancer and then breast cancer. In 2018, there were 116,131 cases recorded, almost 4,500 more than in 2017. That meant the rate of incidence sped up by 11 seconds to one new patient every 4 minutes, 31 seconds. The biggest growth was seen in prostate cancer and lung cancer. While bowel cancer is still number one, its incidence among 50 to 84-year-olds fell for the first time. In the past, our screenings detected cancer in its early stages, but nowadays screenings can reduce the prevalence of cancer. That's one effect of screenings. We can predict that many types of cancer will gradually get less common because of our preventative strategies and screenings. Although the number of cancer cases continues to rise, cancer mortalities are decreasing. A cancer diagnosis is no longer what it once was. The HPA advises everyone to get their screenings regularly to take care of their health. President Tsai Ing-wen broke ground on a new office complex for the Investigation Bureau on Wednesday. The Zhonghe Investigation Park will take up more than 30,000 square meters, and it will be home to four divisions of the Bureau. At the groundbreaking ceremony on Wednesday, Tsai said the project would resolve space issues at the Bureau, which has expanded beyond the capacity of its current offices. Please. 
Here at the headquarters of the Northern Mobile team, President Tsai breaks ground for a new office complex that will go up in a neighboring plot. The project is a Zhonghe investigation park. It will house not only the Northern Mobile team, but also the Forensic Science Division, the new Taipei Field Division, and an office for national security operations. These four units have long suffered from a lack of space. That's not only inconvenienced bureau personnel and created difficulties for them, it's even created security concerns. The Zhonghe Investigation Park, which will comprise four buildings, will solve these problems. It's the Investigation Bureau's most ambitious construction project in recent years, with more than 31,500 square meters of floor space. Completion is slated for 2023. At Wednesday's groundbreaking, Tsai praised the Bureau's efforts to curb disinformation during the pandemic, to fight lies with truth and prevent damage from false claims. Since the establishment of the Cybersecurity Investigation Office a few months ago, the Investigation Bureau has made significant progress in tracking disinformation to its source. It also recently cracked its first national cybersecurity case. The Investigation Bureau established the Cybersecurity Investigation Office in April to crack down on disinformation. Now, a new chapter is unfolding with the start of construction on Zhonghe Investigation Park. Tsai praised the work of the Bureau and called on it to continue safeguarding Taiwan. Temperatures plunged across the island on Wednesday as a powerful cold front swept in. Temperatures in parts of northern Taiwan stood in the single digits after falling by up to 10 degrees overnight. Forecasters say the chill will linger until New Year's Day with a chance of snow at altitudes over 1,200 meters. With the advent of a cold wave, all of Taiwan is feeling the chill, with steep temperature drops recorded in many areas. Danshui District lost 10 degrees in 8 hours, while Taoyuan Xinyu lost 9. Over in Jilong, 21 degrees fell to just 11. Temps dropped even further at night. The winds are moving south very quickly. The northeasterly winds are also strengthening extremely fast. Many weather stations in northern Taiwan registered drops of 8 to 10 degrees between midnight and 8 a.m. today. The cold spell struck Taiwan earlier than expected on Wednesday morning. Until New Year's Eve, lows in central and northern Taiwan, Yilin and Hualien could hit 6 to 8 degrees. Factoring in strong winds, temperatures could even dip below 6 degrees. The Central Weather Bureau has issued a yellow cold surge advisory for Nantou and southern Taiwan, meaning temperatures could fall below 10 degrees. The effects of this cold spell will be felt the most tonight, tomorrow, December 31st, and the early morning of January 1st. Firefighters are being shown how to put snow chains on the fire engines so that they're ready in case it snows. Ahead of the cold snap hitting the mountains, some people had traveled up to Hehuanshan in hopes of seeing snow. A note to hikers. Warm clothes and help for altitude sickness or emergencies can't be had at Songxue Lodge, as Snow Season Medical Care Station will start operating on January 1st. The CWB says mountainous areas 1,200 meters above sea level may see snow after midday on Wednesday or the whole of Thursday. It says snow chasers should wrap up warm against the cold. Most government-organized countdown events are going ahead as scheduled in Taiwan, just with stricter public health measures in place. 
In an unusual move, however, the mayors of Taipei and Taichung called on locals to stay away from their own city's events. Let's hear from them. We call on our residents to first wrap up warm. Second, it's better not to go. How odd, the city is organizing an event, but the mayor is telling you not to go. Why is that? Because this year we have these public health measures. Wouldn't you rather stay at home without a face mask on? You'd be able to eat and stay warm. We are looking up for changes over the coming 24 hours. If suddenly we get several community-acquired infections, of course we'll call it off. I'd still advise everyone to watch the Taipei 101 fireworks show in an open space. Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe said the mountains around the Taipei Basin and the riverside parks were ideal for watching the fireworks away from the crowds. Since 2015, Xinzhu has carried out a major upgrade of local schools' bathrooms. The city has invested 120 million NT in almost 300 new facilities, which each reflect something of the unique spirit of their school. Walking into this wood-paneled room, a tasteful layout and earth colors greets the eye. These ladies and gents' signs wouldn't look out of place in a Japanese onsen. But this is Nan'ai Elementary in Shinju. The design of the wooden lampshades on the ceiling is even based on the school's name. The most fun thing was, during the building work, the children would be outside the fence, peeking in here every day to see when we'd finish. And when it started to come together, they started to be like, wow, it's so beautiful. Meanwhile, at Nanhua Junior High, an airship floats over the bathroom ceiling. Its cheerful colors would fit in an amusement park. It's cleaner than the old toilets and very hygienic, and it has some new decorations. It's cozier. In 2015, Xinju began pouring 120 million NT into a major school bathroom renovation project in the hopes of giving pupils a pleasant study environment. Now, 299 bathrooms across 33 schools have been upgraded, improving facilities and standards of hygiene, and also bringing in welcoming designs unique to each school's spirit. In the planning and design, we focused a lot on the agricultural education and wickerwork classes and brought them into the bathroom decorations. So when children use the bathroom or are doing the normal cleaning of the school, it can be mixed with the specific classes at the school and the things they're learning. Once, school bathrooms were the subject of kids' nightmares, but these beautifully redesigned facilities are now some of the most pleasant and home-like spaces on campus. After the 1999 Jiji earthquake, farmers across Taiwan looked to adapt their crops to help retain water and soil in the earth and stabilize vulnerable mountain regions. And that was nowhere more true than in the hardest-hit township, Zhongliao, in Nantou County. One crop that farmers found was great for the land was indigenous cinnamon. While the native Taiwan species had been overlooked for decades, they quickly found it had lots of commercial potential. Let's now head to Nanto to find out more. Tea leaves enter the pot and are steeped to make a very special brew. <laughs> it's bitter and sweet, say the customers. Taiwan indigenous cinnamon tea is very different from your normal cup of tea. And taking a trip to the cinnamon tree farm, you can see why. Indigenous cinnamon grows in broadleaf forests in the low and mid-level mountains. 
It's full of sweet and spicy cinnamaldehyde, which can be made into a fragrant essential oil. The thing about the indigenous cinnamon is the leaves have these three veins. We pick them and they have a lovely smell. They have a very sweet and fragrant taste. Twenty years ago, these forests were planted with betel nut trees. But after the earthquake in 1999, ecologists began to insist that planting should change to help retain water and soil in the ground. That's when the cinnamon came in. Twenty years later, and the crop is well established. We replaced the betel nut with cinnamon. Over 20 years, many, many groups have helped us develop indigenous cinnamon in Zhongliao. With help from the Farmers Association, many local farmers converted to cinnamon and now process it themselves to increase its value. The land and the plant are both in full bloom. A pilot program for young people to live rent-free with the elderly at a veteran's home in Taidong is already producing remarkable results after just three months. Both the home's young and old tenants say they have many things to learn from each other. The program is the result of cooperation between Malan Veterans Home and the Taidong County government. This young woman guides this elderly lady and walks at her pace as they relax in the outdoors, chatting as they walk. It looks just like a granddaughter with her grandma. This is just one of many scenes of family happiness that can be observed any time at the Malan Veterans Home. She teaches me things I never knew about. I feel really happy when we chat. I think the government's promotion of young and old people being housemates is really a great policy. There's nothing we don't talk about. I also care about her. For example, she rides a motorcycle. I will remind her to be careful and ride slowly, as the roads are slippery in the rain. I have the same care for her that I would for my own granddaughter. After I started taking care of the elderly, I feel I've changed greatly. I've also gotten rid of some old habits. I no longer eat sweet and fried things like I used to because I see how healthy the elderly eat. Marlan Veterans Home in Taidung is cooperating with the county government to promote a program for young people to live with the elderly. It is looking for people aged 18 to 40. To be qualified for the program, all one has to do is not own any real estate in Taidung or have a criminal record. Once admitted to the program, one can stay at the home free of rent. The only requirement is to spend at least 24 hours a month with a senior. In the past, we used to take on veterans and their families, but now the older generation of veterans are getting advanced in age and are becoming frail. There is now a surplus of beds. Currently, we've allocated eight beds for this year's pilot program. We will review this and make adjustments for next year. Young people can experience the warmth of family life from the elderly and even gain wisdom about the world. Meanwhile, old people gain much-needed companionship and experience the vitality of youth. The program for young and old living together is a win-win situation and is also the newest trend in policies for long-term care for the elderly.